Welcome to Mott 10 Sports. Glad you could join us for this January 3rd episode. Hope you've had a happy new year so far. Wish you nothing but the best in the year of 2023. Man, what an epic, epic, epic Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on Saturday night. I was there, front row, watching it. One of the top three college football games I've been to in person in my entire life. We'll get into that in just a minute. I'll also tell you why Bryce Young is the best quarterback in Alabama football history. We got some SEC basketball tonight. We got basketball tonight, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. We'll break those games down, go over that a little bit. Uh, But let's get started. I just talked about the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Georgia getting the 42-41 win. I got a top three game I've ever attended in person. I mean, other games up there in person. I mean, Probably 2012 SEC Championship game, Alabama-Georgia playing it on the lat- clock, ran out on Georgia. Aaron Murray's pass to Chris Conley. That would be up there uh, when I was working at Texas A&M, the seven-overtime game, Joe Burrow's last loss in college. The game that they changed the rules for, they changed the college football overtime rules for, was that one specifically. Uh, I remember just Joe Burrow getting caught, just having to get carried off the field after having full body cramps. Crazy game. Um Trying to think of some other, the Texas A&M 2012 Johnny Manziel game. Just a lot of just crazy games I've been to, seen in person. This was one of the best ones. Wasn't really crazy. I mean, we've seen games come down the last second field goal and they've been missed. But this one specifically, just, I was really impressed with Ohio State. I want to give them a little bit of a tip of the cap. Really impressed with the Buckeyes. I uh, thought they did a, they showed out, showed out for their brand showed everyone they still belong in that conversation of elite. I think their manhood, their program was on the line going into that game where, hey, you don't win this game against Georgia. You, not even you, you don't, you go get embarrassed and get manhandled. People are going to start being like, yeah, you're a top program for sure. Best program in the Big Ten, but hell, you just lost back-to-back games to Michigan, your biggest rival. Things were turning well. I know someone had to lose that game, but if you're Ohio State, you still feel terrible. Sick to your stomach. Should have won the game. But, from a national standpoint, I think they gained a lot of respect from that standpoint. Atmosphere, great. Big uh, big contingent of Ohio State fans. Thought this was just a really well-played game overall. Um, Ohio State's game plan was to make Stetson Bennett beat them with his arm, and he ultimately did that in the fourth quarter. Struggled in the third quarter. But, man, Stetson Bennett, you get to put him up there with, if you had a final drive to go win a game, I mean, he's not better than Bryce Young, but today's, I, I, he's second for me. After Bryce Young, I'm probably taking Stetson Bennett to go get the job done. Not because he's the best, just because he has those internal factors that you just can't see, can't teach. He just has that get-or-done mentality, I'm going to go win this game for my team type guy. I mean, the timeout by Kirby Smart and the fake punt was clutch, but Ohio State had 12 guys on the field if you go back and watch it and count. Can you imagine if the timeout is never called? You know, Ohio State converts that with 12 men on the field. Twitter may have shut down on Saturday night, Sunday morning. That had been an epic missed call. Really disappointed in the officiating in that game. Um, also in the Michigan TCU game. I think that was the same officiating staff that officiated the uh, Tennessee-Alabama game this past year. It, 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 how some of these crews still get big-time games beyond me. Different conversation for a different day. But honestly, Georgia's offense, back to the game, was I thought it was good. Minus just some, some early decisions by Stetson Bennett. Like on the first drive, on his third and one, he, he's trying to give it to Kenny McIntosh. Kenny Mack, he pulls it and tries to run. They lose it. He loses two or three yards. Georgia's punt. If he gives, go back and watch the play. Right through the big effort. Kenny Mack may score, and Georgia's up 7 nothing. kind of get a field. Game may go a little differently. Not saying for sure, but 
Stuff like that, I think, is why you saw, if you watch post-game, Kirby was not overly complimentary of Stetson Bennett. And then in post-game, the celebration on the stage, he's still kind of getting after him. But again, I tweeted, if you follow on social media, that's just the different standards at schools like Alabama and Georgia. Like, yeah, we won, but guys, we still left a lot of plays on the table. We have to get better if we're ultimately going to go play well and uh, win the national championship. And Stetson Bennett will against a solid TCU team. Like I said, the offense really wasn't a problem, except in the third quarter. Georgia averaged about eight yards per play in this game. So it wasn't like they just struggled. Georgia showed in this game that they will still struggle, though, from a defensive standpoint against elite wide receiver play. And I know it's old. Anyone struggles against elite receiver. And you're right. And you're right. But, I mean, even going back to last year, Jamison Williams. This year, Marvin Harrison Jr. If you have an elite wide receiver in a in very good quarterback play, Georgia's been known to struggle, and all of it was not on Keeley Ringo, the Georgia's best corner they put on Marvin Harrison Jr. A lot of it was just scramble drill, just C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. just making plays when they had to. But again, I think that is what's going to beat Georgia. Alabama and Georgia mixed up a little bit, I feel like, from a personnel standpoint. Alabama's going a little lighter, where teams can now run on them. They got a little bit more speed. I feel like Georgia is a little bit heavier, which is fine. They do do a good job up front, but they're success, susceptible in on the back end. And people are like, well, they shut down Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt, and Celtic Tillman. Those receivers, they're good receivers. Don't get me wrong. Really good receivers. Not to take anything away from Jalen Hyatt specifically and Cedric Tillman as well. Real system-type wide receivers. And that's a credit to Tennessee and Josh Heupel. They put their players in position to uh, have success within their system. But Jalen Hyatt's not Marvin Harrison Jr. or Jamison Williams, stuff like that. It just is what it is. I mean, he had a big game against Alabama, I know, five touchdowns, but he's not. Uh, Georgia does not struggle against systems-type wide receivers or how your system gets the receivers open. They don't struggle. It's true difference makers, like a lead of a lead. That's why Georgia's not going to lose a lot because they don't. there's not a lot of those kind of guys out there. And Georgia's schedule in the East, or, I mean, who's the last big-time receiver in the East that they've really had to face? Jalen Hyatt? We saw how that went. Uh now, on the flip side, I will say Kirby did a phenomenal job on that last drive of attacking and blitzing the Ohio State when they got near field goal range. If, you've, if you're real familiar with Kirby Smart, like I am, going back to Alabama, he, you see, if you get in field goal range in late game situations or late half situations, Alabama, Kirby Smart, that whole tree, they're going to be aggressive if you're on that fine line of field goal range. They're going to try to get you out of it or make it as long as possible for your field goal to have to, your field goal kicker to have to kick that. They're not just going to sit back there and let you get as many plays as you want. So them being aggressive, Ohio State should have been like, hey, look, we're not going to make our kicker kick a 49-yard or 50-yard winner or yarder to win the game in the college football semifinal. It's just not going to – got to get as close as possible. A wide receiver screen. Just a screen to a running back in general. Stuff like that. You had to get closer. I thought Ryan Day failed there. After the big C.J. Stroud scramble run, it got him into field position. He got real conservative. Ran some counter leads, some stretch plays. Just real conservative. And it's like, dude, your field goal kicker, Ruggles, literally just made his career long earlier in the game. Like, that's a lot to put on your kicker. It's not on the kicker spot. Granted, it was a horrific kick. Wasn't close. I think he would have missed it if there was another field goal post by it. I just don't think you can get conservative like that. But tip of the cap to Kirby Smart, hey, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to get them backed up as possible. We're going to make plays. They're not going to gain another yard. This is going to be a 49-yard field goal, and there's no way in Haiti this dude makes this kick. I mean, when they lined up for the field goal, I remember tapping my buddy, Jake, there's no way he makes this. There's no way in that situation. There's no way. And not only did he not make it, it was, like I said, it, it, he kicked the ball all the way to Peachtree City. It, it wasn't 
And I, I'm talking about why. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, but, I, but I fought Ryan Day for that and give a tip of the cap for Kirby Smart for being aggressive. But great game overall. Best semifinal game in the college football playoff era. It was better than the Georgia-Oklahoma semifinal in 17 or in 18, I should say. Uh, it was better than that game, in my opinion. Just better overall played game. Really fun to watch. Real fun to be there in person. Georgia now gets a matchup with the TCU Horn Frogs January 9th, next Monday night in L.A., SoFi Stadium. We'll bring you that preview on our Thursday edition. May have a little surprise for you. Man, what a great game. Great game by both. Just Quick takeaways, man, game of inches from that game. I mean, Brock Bowers gets the fourth down conversion. They go back and review it. I mean, remember, uh, Pelosny almost kicked it out of bounds on that last drive after Georgia scored late to take the lead. And that ball barely stayed in bounds. Imagine he kicked that ball out of bounds. Ohio State gets the ball at the 40. We're talking about a shorter field goal then. We we are. And then just some plays that were overall left on the stage. I mean, hell, Marvin Harrison Jr. on the play that he got hurt. C.J. Stroud, a little bit of a dangerous decision, but Martin Harrison Jr. almost came down with that ball. Who knows if he didn't get hurt? Does Ohio State pull that off? A lot of what-ifs. I understand that, but man, what a great college football game. Grew a lot of respect for the Ohio State program after that. They really showed out. Really felt like they easily should have, easily could have won that game. Probably should have, but you know what? Georgia just kind of has it out how Alabama used to have. That feel where, hey, they may not always be playing their best, and they may be getting outplayed to an extent, but you have to cut the snake's head off when you have it down. Ohio State didn't do that. Georgia advances to their second consecutive college football national championship game against the TCU Horned Frogs. Congratulations to both teams. Transitioning, let's put it in gears just a little bit. As you saw, Alabama got the big win against Kansas State. We're not going to go dive deep into that. Everybody kind of knows what happens. I just want to get in a little off-topic this uh, discussion after having Bryce Young declared for the draft, him, Will Anderson, and Jameer Gibbs yesterday de declared for the NFL draft. Just want to bring up this question. It's been argued on social media. Is Bryce Young the best quarterback in Alabama history? First, Alabama's had their fair share of good to successful quarterbacks at Alabama. I mean, name them all. Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron won two, easily could have won three. Jacob Coker got him one. Jalen Hurts didn't win one as a starter, uh, but he was on the team, obviously got – Replaced by Tua in that national championship game against Georgia. Mac Jones, probably the quarterback on the best team Alabama's had. And then finally, Bryce Young obviously did not win it. Uh, but it, at least in my opinion, the very least, I don't know how you couldn't argue this, Bryce Young was, is, or is, was the most valuable quarterback Alabama's ever had. The most If Alabama doesn't have Bryce Young this year, they're, they're an 8-4 and four team. And that last year, they don't even make the college football playoffs because they wouldn't have beaten Auburn. They would have had two losses. They probably don't even beat LSU. They had a couple of close games last year. I mean, Bryce Young was is the most valuable player Alabama's ever had. Uh, also, you factor in that he didn't have the weapons that guys like Tua or Mac Jones had. And I don't even think it's close. I mean, Bryce Young, I mean, who his best receiver he ever had at Alabama was Jamison Williams. His second best, I mean, John Mechie? I mean, no, no, no offense to John Mechie. I like John Meggie, solid role guy, but he's not a true number one wide receiver. That's your second best receiver? And again, nothing against John Meggie. I like John Meggie. But compared to what Tua and Mac Jones had between Jerry Judy, Demonte Smith, Jalen Waddell, and J John Meggie was on that team. Slade Bolden, not a big-time guy, but again, I mean, a lot. I mean, you throw in the better offensive line, too, that guy that Mac Jones and Tua had. You throw in a better running back. Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Damian Harris. 
Uh, guys like that. Like, I think he had I, – I, I think – Bryce Young had the worst supporting cast at Alabama other than probably John Parker Wilson and Greg McElroy in the Nick Saban era. And it's probably not even close. Uh, the only other guy like you could even have in this conversation of being the best quarterback in Alabama history is Tua Tagovailoa. That's the only guy you could have. Tua Tagovailoa is the only guy you could have in this conversation. And, and I'm not even throwing stats or national championships out there. Or sorry, I'm not even going to throw Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy out there because – I'm just looking at it all after watching every game in depth. Just what Bryce Young brought to those teams, how many two-minute drives, how many times he willed his team to victory. I mean, you give him the supporting cast on the 2020 team, yeah, he wins the national championship too. And don't forget, there's a lot of rumors, discussion out there from talking to people internally. If COVID doesn't happen in 2020, there's a legit shot Bryce Young won that was going to win that job in the spring, but when you didn't have spring ball, Mac Jones already had the leg up and not taking away anything from Mac Jones. Had a great year that year. Probably, if it wasn't for his own teammate, Dante Smith, probably wins the Heisman that year. I love Mac Jones that year. Played great. Uh, Mac Jones is a good quarterback. But Bryce Young's better. Bryce Young's better. He means more. He didn't win a title. That'll always be against him. He didn't win a title as a starter. He did a backup. Let me clarify that. But people are always going to kill him for that, I feel like. But man, I really think people need to start addressing and really focusing, doing their own research and appreciating what Bryce Young did for the University of Alabama football program. Brought him their first Heisman Trophy winner, uh, first Heisman Trophy uh, winner at quarterback. But man, he is truly the best quarterback just overall, top to bottom, when you factor in, take away the lack of arm strength, but you factor in accuracy, the intangible things you can't really teach, just the, the feel within the pocket, uh, the patience to let things develop, the division, the will, captain, leader, just great human being, great ambassador for the university. You have to factor in, and I really, the more you talk about it, it's not close. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in Alabama football history, bar none. Only guy in the other conversation would be Tua Tagovailoa. Just wanted to bring that up. Tweet at me. Give me anything you got. I'd love to have conversations. I've had conversations with people on social media, and we'll agree to disagree. We're not going to get into it, but I feel like that's the only guy you could have a conversation with is Tua. The other ones, I know Mac won a title, but he did it for one year with the best supporting staff Alabama's ever, supporting uh, cast Alabama's ever had. AJ McCarron won two, probably should have won three, but uh, he had a great supporting cast. And, and the style of play now is totally different. He just didn't lose them games, didn't turn the ball over. AJ McCarron, great quarterback, good leader, did what he had to do. But overall, Bryce Young, I don't even think it's that close. But just a little food for thought. Wanted to bring it on, bring it up since Bryce Young's career is over at Alabama. Uh, announced yesterday he'll be entering the NFL draft. It'll probably come down to him and C.J. Stroud for the first quarterback drafted, I would assume. But Bryce Young, man, appreciate everything he did for the University of Alabama. Best quarterback of all time, uh, in my opinion, and according to Mach 10 Sports. But we, we got SEC basketball transitioning over to the hardwood. We got SEC basketball tonight. And tomorrow night, pulling up the schedule. Let's go to it. the games tonight. We got South Carolina Vanderbilt, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on the SEC Network. First conference game for both teams this year. Uh, South Carolina, I feel like, really needs this one. So does Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's favored in this game. Vanderbilt at home, I, w I probably would take the Commodores in this one. Both teams need to get off to a good start in conference play here because, obviously, it's going to get a little rougher as we – 
head deeper into conference play. Another big one, uh, Mississippi State at Tennessee, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on ESPN2. Two elite defensive teams in the league. Something's going to have to give there. Mississippi State dropped one against Alabama earlier uh, in the first conference game last week at home. Missed a lot of free throws. Tolu Smith was awful at the free throw line. Tennessee struggled on the road in Oxford against Ole Miss. Did not play their best game. I'm expecting some of a bounce-back game for the Vols tonight at the old Tommy Bowl at Thompson Bowling Arena. Just be on the lookout for that one. 7 p.m. Central Time Zone. We got LSU at Kentucky. This is the big one for me tonight on ESPN. LSU getting a big upset last Wednesday night against the Arkansas Razorbacks at home at the PMAC. They got the win. They head to Lexington, Kentucky. Looked terrible. And I I predicted, I thought they'd play their best game of the season at Missouri. I thought they would have a chip on their shoulder. Missouri got after them and got after them quick. Game was really never really that close. Kentucky comes in 0 1. There was a must win. And Kentucky got the big, I wouldn't say big. They beat up on Louisville just like everybody else, but they got the big in state rivalry win on Saturday against the Cardinals um, by 18 points. But again, this is a big game for Kentucky tonight. This is a must win if there ever was one. At your place, you cannot start off 0-2 in conference play because you know what? You go to Tuscaloosa against probably the best team in the league right now this Saturday and you'll be staring at 0-3 uh, in the face. But this is a big win for both teams. LSU, Kentucky obviously needs it a lot more than LSU. But Matt McMahon, Matt McMahon and his squad are coming in to win this game, start off 2-0 in conference. Cal, Cal will have so much pressure. His seat will be through the roof on fire if he loses this game. He has to win this game, must win for Kentucky tonight. They cannot lose this game again. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off on ESPN. And then finally, tonight's nightcap, the 8 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off, Ole Miss at Alabama on the SEC Network. Ole Miss played played well, probably one of their better offensive games. They played uh, overall for them. Wasn't a high score, in a fair thing. They scored 59 points, but... Um, usually Matthew Morell is their only offensive threat. Ruffin still looks like he's struggling a little bit coming off the torn ACL. But the Rebs head in to Tuscaloosa's 12-point underdogs. I mean, you got to like Alabama in this one. Alabama's got a big one against Kentucky, and the next week they go to Bud Walton. Um, Alabama, to me, looks like the best team in the conference right now. Um, big thing for Alabama, how good are they defensively? They got Dominic Welch back, the St. Bonaventure transfer, his first game back against Mississippi State this past Wednesday. Didn't score, looked a little rusty all offensively, which to, that was to be expected, but gave him some good minutes from a defensive standpoint. Big 6'5 kid, long, uh, will be a problem. His length uh, causes other teams problems from a passing window standpoint. Just Alabama is just a very long, deep team this year. Um, but Alabama should get this win. But these are the kind of games. Nato said it yesterday in his press conference. If you're wanting to go win the SEC, you can't afford to drop these kind of games at home. Ole Miss isn't an awful team. They showed you last week they can compete, but that was at home against Tennessee. Also, this is a team that lost to North Alabama two weeks ago in Ole Miss. So Alabama is the better team, should win this. Uh, as they get ready for their matchup against Kentucky on Saturday afternoon. Moving to tomorrow night's action, we got three games. We got Auburn at Georgia, 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off on the SEC Network. Uh, Auburn started off 1-0, got the big win against Florida down to the wire game. First night at SEC action last Wednesday. That was big for them. Again, you can't be losing those kind of games against a 7-5 Florida team at home, but Hey, Bruce Pearl and his squad found a way to get the job done. They found a way to get the job done. But Georgia, Mike White and his team's first year had some ups and downs. Uh, this is their first conference game. They played Ryder last week. The Bulldogs, 
I mean, some solid wins on the season so far. I mean, also taking some of their fair share of losses, but they, the big win they're going to hang their hat on is the Notre Dame game. But Auburn usually struggles at Stegman. We'll be interested to see how they do tomorrow night. Auburn should get that win. I would be shocked if they didn't. Um, next game, we got Texas A&M at Florida, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone tip-off on ESPNU. Uh, Florida, like I just mentioned, dropped one. They probably feel like they probably should have won against Auburn. Felt like uh, Todd Golden was somewhat proud of his team, though. He, he liked how his team competed. He thought if they were playing like that all year, they would have probably two or three less losses, which he's probably right. But Texas A&M also coming in their first conference game in in uh, Gainesville. Be interesting how Buzz P, Buzz Williams and his teams bounce back. They just they're going to have to go win 10-plus games, probably 11 or 12 if you want to be realistic, in conference play to get back in this rough non-conference stretch. Just uh, lost too many games. Heading into conference play with, what, five losses? Yeah, just not good. They need it. They need this. This would be a game, Texas A&M, if they want to get back in the NCAA tournament conversation, they need this win and probably need to go beat LSU on Saturday as well. But that will be a game tomorrow. And then finally, tomorrow night, best game tomorrow night, probably best game of the week. Missouri at Arkansas. Missouri coming in on fire after two shellackings against uh, beating Illinois and St. Louis. It was a 35-point win or lead at one point, and then beating Kentucky to open up conference play. And then Arkansas, just a little bit of a team that just kind of can't figure themselves out a little bit right now. They're not bad, but, I mean, Nick Smith Jr. being out, Trevon Brazil being out for the year, it feels like guys like Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black are trying to fill their way into stepping up into a bigger leadership and bigger role than even they were anticipating. And nothing is them. They've played great. But now with these injuries, Brazil being out for the year, uh, Nick Smith being out uh, indefinitely, Eric Musselman said, it'll be interesting to see how long – uh, it'll be interesting to see till Arkansas really starts to click. That's, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, when will they start clicking? They need this one at home in Bud Walton tomorrow night. Uh, in Missouri, like I said, Dennis Gates doing a phenomenal job. I'm still not fully on the Missouri train yet because I'm not fully sold on Kentucky. Uh, they go win Bud Walton tomorrow night, though. I'll be on the train. I may drive, be driving it a little bit. Missouri is definitely better than you are expected. They would be in the tournament if it ended tomorrow. They're the 20th ranked team in the country right now. Uh, big game. I think it's the best game of the week. Biggest game of the week. Missouri traveling to Fayetteville. Bud Walton Arena. Now, that'll be a fun one to watch. Again, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on the SEC Network. Um, a lot of great hoops this week. Again, I appreciate you joining us a little bit of a, on the shorter side of our normal episodes here. But wanted to just preview, obviously, or review the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. What an epic game that was. Talk about Bryce Young, best quarterback in Alabama history, bringing in uh, the midweek college basketball hoops action in the conference uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, I will preview the national championship game between the Georgia Bulldogs, TCU Horned Frogs, bring you the review of the SEC basketball action for this week and preview the SEC basketball action coming up this weekend. I appreciate you joining on this episode. Have a great day. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.